Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey friends, welcome to episode number 89 of the Inspired to Action podcast. Today we're talking about educating our children. There are so many different ways to do it, and you will hear so many opinions on what's best, the perfect way to educate your children. And today, I'm not bringing you answers. I'm hopefully bringing you some just criteria to ask questions, to figure out what's going to be best for your family, your situation, and for your kids and their personalities. Uh, My family this year, we are doing pretty much all three of the major options, homeschooling, private schooling, and public schooling. And so I just thought today I would share some of the questions that we asked, some of the challenges that we're facing, and some of the things that we've learned along the way. And I'm hoping it will really be an encouragement and an inspiration to you. And then it might help you to kind of open your mind a little bit to some of the different options out there that, frankly, we didn't consider when we first began um, schooling our kids. That sounds kind of funny. Okay, moving on. I want to say a huge thank you to our show sponsor, Plan to Eat. They have a free 30-day trial that you can check out at plantoeat.com forward slash inspired to action. Now, the reason that I love this site is that obviously in the midst of all the different schools and emails and planning things that I need to do, Plan to Eat just makes one more thing that much easier. It's one less thing to think about. Whenever I make a meal plan, which really just involves either dragging a meal plan that I've used in the past, past into the calendar, and it automatically populates everything, including my shopping list, or I can just scroll through my recipe box, drag the recipes into the calendar, and it automatically makes my shopping list. So I can literally sit in the car outside the grocery store and have everything ready to go in just a few minutes. So I love this site plantoeat.com forward slash inspired to action. And if you want to take advantage of their free 30-day trial by getting everything set up as quick as possible and then really using it and seeing how it works uh, with your life and your situation, check out the mealplanningbootcamp.com. It's a series of videos and emails that I created that'll help you get jump started on plan to eat. It'll walk you through day by day, getting all your recipes in there, getting a menu plan created, and using their shopping list. It's super easy, super simple. So be sure to check that out as well. Now, I also want to say a huge thank you to you guys. You all make this show possible. And I just wanted to shout out to a couple of reviewers who left a review at iTunes. So the first one says, Kat is like a big sister just coming to put her arm around your shoulder and tell you you're doing a great job as a mom. Her intro says it out all. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your kids because you are special and amazing. He has called you and he will equip you. She connects me with great resources and encouragement. And encouragement. One of my few must-listen podcasts. That is from Shen Reisnum. <laughs> I'm sure I totally messed that up. But 
if you wrote that, you know it's you, and I want to say thank you. And to all of you who have left reviews, I just want to say thank you and give a little bonus incentive. I want you to leave an honest review. So whatever you think of this podcast, give me your feedback. I want to make it as helpful to you as possible. I'm also going to be picking out a winner every week from the reviewers, and you'll get a free copy of the Inspired to Action Planner. You can go to iTunes and leave your review. You can do that in the iTunes podcast app, however you want to do that. And I just want to thank you in advance for that. All right, let's get into the content today. We're talking about educating our children. Now, I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast that we are doing all three options, homeschool, public school, and private school. So I wanted to take you a little bit through our journey to get to this place because it's not something that we started out thinking that at some point, let's just spread all of our kids around to as many schools as possible and make it as complicated and difficult for ourselves as we possibly can. <laughs> definitely, definitely not our thought process. We started out actually sending our kids to a small Christian private school. And the main reason for that was because our oldest child needs a lot of sleep. And we thought that half-day kindergarten was going to be the best option for her because we didn't want to um, sacrifice the amount of sleep that she needs because at that point in time, she was still napping, even in kindergarten. Uh, so we, we just knew it would be really difficult for her. And so we thought that half-day kindergarten would be perfect. And this school that we sent her to was the only place that had a half-day kindergarten at the time. So that was actually our initial foray into education was pretty much for nap time. I mean, obviously, there were other things involved. This was also where she had gone to Mother's Day out um, and preschool. But the main criteria really was that she, we knew she needed sleep. And this was the place that was going to allow her to come home half day. And also, you know, I just really wanted to be with her as much as I could. So that was that was our initial decision, why we sent our kids to the particular private school that we did. Obviously, there were a few other criteria and things that made a difference, but that was a huge uh, factor in the process. So then as each of our kids uh, became school age, we continued to send them there. We liked the idea of the half-day kindergarten. We loved the school. I would always tell people that I felt like I was sending my kids into a warm hug because this school was just loving and sweet and kind. And I remember one particular day one of my children was having a hard time, and I'd gone to eat lunch with them. And we were outside the lunchroom, and this child was in tears. And the administrator of the school, you know, very important, very busy. It's a school that has preschool through eighth grade. There's a ton of stuff going on. She walks by and sees my child in tears, and she stops. And she wraps her arms around this child and begins to pray and speak truth to my child and pray for my child and love on my child. Obviously, I'm being a little cryptic saying my child so that it won't be clear which child it is because I don't think that would bless them. But honestly, y'all, it made me cry. I was totally crying in the hallway by the lunchroom just having this woman invest in my child and love on my child. And that meant so much to me. And it's something that I think I will always remember. And I, there's something powerful. I mean, I, if I'm sending my kids off for hours and hours at a time, I loved that I was sending them to this place, surrounded by people who love Jesus and who truly love them. And that was very important to me. We don't have grandparents 
in town with us. Uh, they're, they're in the state, but Texas is a very big state. Well, some grandparents are in the state, some aren't. So Texas is very big. And so it was just really meaningful, meaningful to me for my kids to go to school and feel like they had those older influences. And helpful for me, too, knowing that they had those older influences as well. So then a couple years ago, we decided that as they transition out, this particular school didn't have a high school. So we realized that at some point our kids are going to be going to public high school and we need to kind of prepare them for it because this, the private school they were at was pretty small and really wonderful. Uh, but in the upper grades, it gets a little more sparse. So we thought, well, let's transition out at the seventh grade. And then at the time for my middle daughter, we thought we would transition her out at the same time as my oldest daughter. And so she would go to fifth grade. This was last year. She would go to fifth grade and my oldest would go to seventh grade. And in Texas, or at least in our school district, that would be fifth grade is intermediate school and seventh grade was middle school. Now, we did that last year, and it was definitely an adjustment. Um, Some things to consider. What I liked about the private school that we had was that the classes were very, very small. My daughter one year had six kids in her class, and they would take tests by making forts with the chairs and just, you know, have school in forts. And it was just, it was literally like she was being homeschooled by this amazing, incredible teacher. The transition into public school was that it was hard because the classes were much bigger. And so it was a little bit more lecture style and the teachers had to deal a little bit more with students who weren't behaving. It just it made the, the interaction between student and teacher just a little bit less engaging. So that, that was difficult for one of my children as we transitioned. And then obviously just, you know, you're with a whole bunch more people. Instead of a school of several hundred that is preschool through eighth grade, they're in a school of several hundred just their age. And that was definitely a transition as well. Lots of kids with lots of different home experiences, different life perspectives, different attitudes. And we definitely saw some of that um, come home with them. Another issue was that our particular school district has iPads for every single student, which sounded awesome to me because I'm very techie. But in practice, I wasn't really excited about it because while at the fifth and sixth grade level, the iPads stay at school, the intermediate school level or the the middle school level, um, those iPads come home with the students. And I found that with my middle schooler, she was exposed to a lot of things because not all parents were really watching what was on the iPad. And obviously the school can't govern what was on the iPad. And kids, you know, as I would go to have lunch occasionally with her, uh, I would see kids playing things on the iPad or watching things on the iPad that I probably wouldn't be really excited about my kids playing or watching. And it was also an interesting dynamic because I would see tables of boys not at all engaging with one another. They would all just be sitting there playing on their iPads. So I I think, you know, it's probably a transition to learn how to bring that sort of technology into a school system, but it definitely wasn't the, the benefit that I thought it was going to be. This year we decided to kind of rethink what we were doing. It wasn't quite working the way we wanted to. And, and we felt like, um, you know, they went from a place where people generally had their same perspectives, their same attitudes, their same values. And they went into a place where there's a lot more um, different opinions, different attitudes. And we, we felt like the eighth grade would be the perfect year to really focus on our kids 
and their character, to train them to be influencers instead of to be ones who are influenced. And just so that as, as our kids go off to high school, that we're really taking this year, because eighth grade, I mean, it's not, I mean, it's an important year in school and everything, but it's not, you know, it's not like your freshman year in high school or things start counting for college. So we felt like it was a good year to pull back and say, okay, Let's really just hone in on character this year. Let's invest and love on and focus um, on our child in the eighth grade and really, really prepare her for high school and then eventually college. Sort of like a gap year, if you will, uh, except instead of a gap year being before college, it's before high school. So this summer, we decided to go ahead and do that. And I presented it actually to my um, my seventh grader. And I really didn't think she was going to go for it because she's extremely outgoing. But surprisingly, she was all for it. And she continued to be all for it. The first day of school this year when we started homeschool, she was a little not too excited about it because, you know, she saw her brother and sister go off to school. And that's always fun the first day of school. But other than that, you know, she quickly got back, got into the swing of things with homeschooling. She really likes it now. But I really didn't expect her to be so excited about it and to continue to be so excited about it. So that's been definitely a blessing. So that's where we are right now. We have uh, our son is in the small private school. Our middle daughter is in public school and our oldest is in homeschool. And so I wanted to just cover kind of the three of the things that I realized are the reasons why they're doing what they're doing. And hopefully these are questions that you can ask yourself as you prepare your children for whatever kind of school they'll encounter. So the first one is education. Our son, I would say, is primarily at the school he's at for education. We love that he is in that very, very small class environment. I think he has nine children in his class this year, and he has a teacher that is extremely seasoned and wise. And um, actually, she was brand new this year. But her sister also teaches at the school. And her sister, I mean, my children have been at this school for, I guess, 10 years. And her sister teaches uh, kindergarten. And I have never in all 10 years seen her raise her voice or look cross. Somehow she's like Mary Poppins. Somehow she's magically able just to control rooms full of kindergarten children. It's amazing. So when I found out my son was going to have her sister for his teacher, I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And it really has been. He loves he loves his teacher, and I really enjoy the fact that he's in this small environment that, um, she, you know, because it's so small, she can tailor you know, the educational opportunities to him because there's only nine kids in the class as opposed to 25 or 26. Uh, the other reason that he's there is just for the Bible training, quite frankly. We love that there's a Bible curriculum there, and, and he's able to learn so much about Scripture and just those foundational core you know, learning where the different books of the Bible are, memorizing uh, scripture and that sort of thing. Obviously, those are things that we can do in our own home as well. But I love that it's just all being um, structured and reinforced and everything at school as well. The other thing that we like about that school is that there's a lot of opportunities at the younger grades that he would not have in public school. So like right now, if he wanted to, he's not. But if he wanted to, he could play football at his school in the third grade. And in starting next year in the fourth grade, he'd have the opportunity to participate in orchestra. In public school where we are, those opportunities aren't available. You have to go to outside resources to offer that. So that's another reason that he's there as well. And we also just like the kids that are in his class. So then, so that, that's the first question to ask. Um, education. What school is going to be best for the education of your child? And you know, one thing that I would encourage 
is for you to really think through what's best for your child and then think through what's possible. I don't know necessarily if that's the best way to go about it, but it's how I like to go about it because I think God can do anything. And I'm not saying that I'm going to go and apply for some really expensive elite private school just because I feel like it's best for my child. But I don't necessarily want to count anything out just because I think that it's not possible. There are a lot of private schools that offer scholarships, that have discounts. I have several friends that have gotten amazing deals at the school that they go to um, just because they asked and because of their situation. So, you know, I would encourage you, figure out what you think is really going to be best for your child and then figure out if there's a way to make it happen. And then if there's not, then, you, you know, you can kind of piece things together to make whatever situation more like that ideal situation for your child. So that first question to ask is education. What's the best educational foundation for my child? Whether it's, you know, just actual book learning, um, whether it's learning scripture as well, whether it's just learning about character and life, um, what's the best educational foundation for them? The other question we asked was, what's the best place for them to be connected? So this is a good example for our middle daughter. So our, our middle daughter is 11. Her name is Allison. And the school that she, she's the one that goes to public school. The school that she goes to is where just a lot of our core friends, their children all go there. And every year before the start of the school year, we have a little girls get together of all those core people. And, you know, a lot of times at lunch, these girls will sit together. And these are relationships and families that we highly, highly value. And it's very important to us that our daughter is surrounded by great people. There are great people at her old school, but like I said, the school, you know, in a lot of private schools, I would think the grades dwindle a little bit towards the upper grades. And we just felt like at this public school, uh, she would be around a lot of the families that we really, really value. And they would be able to have similar experiences. Last year, we carpooled with them, and this year she eats lunch with them. And that was very important to us. Based on her and her needs and her abilities, we felt like this was a good fit for her. So that's the second question, connection. Where are your kids going to be surrounded by people that are going to make them better? The last question is character. And like I said before, we felt like the eighth grade year is an excellent year just to kind of pull back. They have a lot of that educational foundation already. They probably have a lot of connection. It's a good year to pull back a little bit and say, how can we focus on character? The other possibility is that they have connection, but you don't like that connection. So it could also be a good year to pull back and maybe kind of redirect some of the relationships that are happening with your child. So with my oldest, Anna, we just thought it'd be a great time. We know that high school is going to be super busy and it just felt perfect to, you know, my husband works from home. I work from home. We get to be around her. We get to invest in her. We get to teach her things. And, and it's really a year for us to not just help her grow in character, but also to help her figure out where her passions are. A lot of times, I think when kids are in school, especially in those middle school ages, they can kind of be really driven by what's popular or by what their friends are doing. And we thought that before, you know, she really dives into all the stuff that high school offers, it'd be a good year for her just to figure out what do I really love to do? And one way that I feel like we've helped her identify that is what is what does my child do when she's upset? When I was little, when I was upset, I went out and played sports and sports were definitely my thing. 
My oldest daughter, when she's upset, she plays the piano or she sings or she plays her viola. And despite all the different opportunities that were available in middle school um, and, and several that she dabbled in and tried, I really knew that probably music was where she was going to be heading. And I think this year in the process of homeschooling, we've helped to really identify that. And she's helped to kind of own that and realize, hey, this is actually what I like. This is really what I want to do. And so with the extra time that homeschooling affords, because it affords a whole lot of extra time, um, she's able to dive into that a little bit more deeply than we would if she was in regular schooling. So those are the questions that we asked. Educational foundation, where are they, where's my child going to get the best educational foundation? Where is my child going to get the best connection with other like-minded children? And where are they going to really grow in character? It doesn't mean that they're going to get the best foundation at a private Christian school and the best connection at a public school and the best homeschooling character, the best character building in homeschool. That just happens to be what works for us. But you might have different circumstances, different schools, different people. um, But those are great questions to ask to help you figure out what's going to be best for each one of your children. And I think it's helpful to not see them as a whole, but to see them really as individuals as well. And of course, if you work outside the home, um, not all of these options might be available to you. But again, I highly encourage at least thinking through it, at least thinking through what could be best, and then figuring out how you can replicate that given your particular situation. Okay, so obviously with my homeschooler, I can stay really involved in her life. But how do we stay involved in our kids' education when they're in private school or public school. You know, they're going away to be educated. I definitely found that with private school, at least ours, it's much easier to be involved. Obviously, the classes are smaller. I can kind of just, you know, go to lunch anytime I want to. I can offer to read in the class. It's very, very easy for me to be involved. Uh, with public school, it seems to be a little bit more difficult, but um, there's there's ways to be involved. You can volunteer to be a room mom. I do try to have lunch with each of my kids every single week. And I don't do that just to go see them. So here's why I try to have lunch with my kids every week. I want to kind of see the dynamics of their friendships. So for my son, I'll go and have lunch with him and I'll sit with all the seventh, second grade boys. And can I just say there is no better diet than to eat with second grade boys because they are disgusting. I mean, chewing with their mouth open, making gross concoctions at the table with all the different food. I mean, it's just gross. But it's also very adorable and very, very enlightening to see how they interact, to see where all the kids choose to sit, to see how they talk to one another and talk about one another, to see how they treat me. It's very, very, very helpful. And it's not something that if you just do it once, you're going to really get the dynamics. It's so helpful to go, you know, maybe once a month if you can. Um, But I love to be involved so I can see, you know, because sometimes, you know, your kids might come home from school and say one thing. And then you're like, you know, I kind of know that kid. I know this other kid's character. I don't think he really meant it like that. And you can help kind of help your child walk through different, you know, problems that they have at school because, you know, the other kids as well. Now, in public school, at least ours, uh, it's a little different because you can't sit at the table with your child. Well, 
let me change that. Obviously, you can sit at the table with your child. You can't sit at the table that your child usually sits at. There's a parent table. And so uh, when I go and have lunch with my sixth grader, Allison, we sit at a separate table that's just for kids and their parents. So that kind of bums me out because I don't really get to meet all of her friends quite as much. But I do ask lots of questions when we're sitting there. And I notice who says hi to her. And and I ask her to point out, you know, the different children that she's mentioned and say, okay, so who are some of the kids that tend to cause trouble? Who are some of the kids that are really fun or really encouraging or really nice? Who, you know, and just get to know as many of the kids as I possibly can and file away all those names. So when she tells me stories later on, I can really be involved um, in the stories that she's sharing. So lunch, having lunch with them is a great way to get involved. Volunteering, you know, being a room mom, schools are always looking for help. There are great ways to get involved. What, you know, whether it's even, even once a year, my daughter's school has a yearly kickball tournament. And I think for the next grade, it's a softball tournament. And it was just one day and I spent the whole day there and kind of watched their kickball, their class kickball team play other teams. And even if you can only do it one day a semester, if they have some sort of event like that, you can learn so much about the kids that way as well, too. The other way to do it is just walking to go pick them up from school. A lot of schools have pick up and drop off lines, and that's great. But if you don't really have any other opportunities to get to know your kids' friends, even just walking into the school and getting to know a couple kids as you're picking up your child can be a great way to interact with them as well. And then finally, just having kids over saying, uh, you know, texting a mom and saying, hey, can we meet at the park after school or initiating um, a child coming home and having dinner at your house or whatnot. But I think it's so helpful to connect with the kids that your children are connecting with at school. Okay, so we talked about the questions to ask, the education foundation, the connection and the character, which schools are going to give them the best of those three, and then ways to stay involved no matter what school they're going to. I also wanted to kind of share some challenges that I'm facing. So my biggest challenge right now, obviously, is just with homeschooling because I've never done it before. I'm so clueless, and I'm sure all of you experienced homeschool moms, you know, probably have tons of wonderful plans and lesson planning things, but I'm not a super detailed person, and the whole concept of lesson planning for an entire year is just making my brain explode a little bit especially because I'm trying to match up my daughter's homeschool calendar with the private school calendar, which is also different from the public school calendar. And it's just, you know, very complicated, very confusing. And I'm sure that, you know, when my next child gets to the eighth grade, hopefully I'll have this mastered at least a little bit. But um, lesson planning is definitely a big challenge for me right now. And, And frankly, the other challenge is you know, the ways to stay involved um, with my daughter who's at the public school, because that is more difficult to do. The other challenge that I'm facing is just with homeschool, my daughter gets through school a lot faster. So she gets through school probably in about three hours. Then there's a lot of extra time in the day. And at first, we just let her read books because we're like, books, those are good. It's good to read books. But after a while, we realized that's probably not really being a blessing to her because it's not preparing her for the busyness of high school. And so we're trying to figure out ways to help her have a constructive time and to use all the hours of the day that her brother and sister are in school in a very constructive way. And so, you know, whether that is doing chores around the house, uh, whether that is practicing music a little bit more, whether that's diving deeper into a subject that she learned about that... um, 
she really found interesting. We're trying to be a little bit more constructive with that time. That's something that little bit caught us a little bit off guard. We're like, oh, yeah, we need to plan not just for the actual school, but for the rest of the day as well. Okay, so we talked about the three questions, character, connection, education. I'm just repeating these because I want you guys to remember them. And ways to stay involved because I think that's so important. It's so important to know who's teaching your child and know the other kids that your, your children are around. Uh, and then we talked about some of the challenges that I'm facing and that you might face if you have kids in public or private school or homeschooling. Um, finally, I wanted to mention kind of how homeschooling has changed the way that I look at school in general. So um, I'll be honest here. I've always been very much of a rule follower <laughs> to the extent that I'm a little pathetic about it. Um, so if I have to go to like a parent, uh, a parent teacher meeting or something like that, I will be so nervous ahead of time. Just because I'm like, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to get in trouble. I mean, I'm 40 years old, y'all. <laughs> and I'm afraid of getting in trouble with my kid's teacher. That's just silly. But that is the way my brain operates. Yeah, but I realize now that I homeschool, I've realized that, oh my goodness, I don't have to be so scared of my kid's teacher anymore. I don't know why I had that mindset. Because homeschooling has helped me understand that really fundamentally and bottom line, I am my kid's teacher. Whether my child is going to a public school or a private school or I'm homeschooling, I've always had that idea in the back of my head, but actually homeschooling has really, really hit it home. So I see my kids' education, each one of them, no matter where they're at, so much differently than I did before. I've realized that my teacher isn't in charge of educating them. I'm in charge of educating them, and the teacher is just doing the work during the day. But really, I'm kind of like the CEO of my child's education. And the teacher is just the manager of my child's education. And that has helped me so much. You know, whether your child is, you know, excelling in school and they need a little bit extra challenge at school or whether they're behind and they need a little extra help, you are the CEO and that you're the advocate of your child at your child's school. So don't be afraid to you know, ask the teacher questions to say, how can I help at home? How can I reinforce? What are the challenges you're facing with my student? How can I address those at home? And really partnering with the teacher to help your child learn and grow as much as possible and take advantage of the educational opportunity that you have. Some resources that I wanted to share with you that I'm really, really enjoying. One is, is for older kids. But it's called IEW, it's Institute for Excellence in Writing, and it is a video curriculum that teaches children how to write and write well. And it's been so helpful and so interesting, and my daughter thinks that the instructor is hilarious. She will actually rewind parts and play them for my husband every time he walks into the room. So she really enjoys it, and I think it's just a, a fabulous skill. A friend of mine shared that her daughter, who's now out of college, said that of all the things that my friend had taught her during their homeschooling year, she felt like this writing one was the most helpful. Um, so, you know, no matter where your kid goes to school, know that fundamentally you are their, the CEO of their education. And so just because they go to public school or private school doesn't mean you can't also homeschool them. You know, in the afternoons when they get home, if you want to do a writing class together, if you want to do an art class together, um, but figuring out what's important to you for them to know and then being the one to teach it or helping your teacher, the te you know, whoever their teacher is, equip them to teach it as well. So IEW is something that I hope to do with my other two children 
this summer or maybe over the Christmas holidays. I know, I'm a fun mom, right? School's out. Let's homeschool now. But I think they'd really enjoy it, and I think it would be an incredible skill for them to be able to to learn. The other tip that I wanted to give you is that I have found that homeschool curriculum catalogs are amazing places to get great books. So if you're wanting your children to be surrounded by wonderful influences and great ideas, I would highly recommend going to, there's a homeschool curriculum called Sunlight, S-O-N-L-I-G-H-T, another one called My Father's World. That's the one that we're actually using. And along with their actual curriculum and textbooks and stuff like that, there's a lot, I mean, just a ton of other books mentioned in their catalogs. And it would be a wonderful resource just for you to get their free catalog and then use that as your kind of catalog for buying books for your children because they've already kind of sifted through a lot of the books out there. And that way our kids are reading really rich, life-giving books that are interesting to them, but they're also educational. And I've just found it to be a great place to get, you know, to fill the book basket, to make sure that wherever your kids go to school, when they come home, they can relax and read, but they're still kind of getting an education at the same time. So there you go. Uh, There's those questions to ask when you're thinking about your children's education, character, connection, and the educational foundation. Then there's the question for you to ask, how can I stay involved in my child's education, Uh, whether it's in class or outside of class, whether it's their actual, you know, curriculum that they're learning or it's the um, social connections that they're making? How can you stay involved? You know, use that parent-teacher conference time. Um, Go have lunch with your kids, volunteer, walk in to pick them up, and really just do as much as you can to kind of scope out the situation so you can understand uh, where they're going every day and the people that they're with. And then think about the challenges that you face in the different situations and look for ways to resolve those. You know, with my lesson planning stuff, I have uh, asked my friends lots of questions, lots and lots of questions. And so surround yourself with people who can hopefully help you in your journey as well. And, um, and then no matter how you educate your child, consider yourself the CEO of their education. Just surround them with great books and be a reader yourself. Read to them and, you know, or audiobooks too. That's another thing we like to do. I have found that I am a terrible book reader out louder. <laughs> That's not even a phrase. <laughs> um, I cannot read out loud very well. For some reason, I don't know why, it puts me to sleep. I remember one time I was reading a book to my son and it was when he was little. And so it was like a picture book. So even a picture book, you know, there's like two sentences on every page. I was totally falling asleep. And I I think I said something along the lines of, and then Jesus made a website. Y'all, I don't even know. So my son has a weird, messed up view of the resurrection. And he thinks there's a website involved in it because I was totally nodding off. And I do that when I read out loud and I don't know why. Maybe it's because I always try to do it at like two o'clock in the afternoon. Whatever the case, if you have the same problem or if you just don't want to read aloud or it's not how your kids like to listen, you can get audiobooks and coloring books and your kids can lay down on the living room floor and you can turn on that audiobook and you all can listen together. And that's just another great way to do it. You don't have to sit with them and read to them if that's not how they want to learn. Um, there's lots of different opportunities. We also use a curriculum called Story of the World, and they have audio CDs of all their books. And we listen to those on our vacation or when we're in the car around the town. And it's just another great way to get some education 
um, into your children. So there you go. I hope that was helpful for you. I hope it gave you some questions to ask, some things to consider, and um, I hope it was just a blessing to you. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you would take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercies. May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in His way by His Spirit with each breath that I take. It's feeling like a good day.